Hello and welcome to Weekly MTG, the only show that used to come to you from inside the building, uh, featuring some of the people who make Magic the Gathering. We have one of those people on the show today. Uh, we are joined by one Mike Turian to come on and talk to us about many things Double Masters. Not all things Double Masters. We're still in the middle of previews after all. Uh, but he's going to talk a lot about some of the stuff that's already been previewed. He's going to talk about box toppers. And we are going to preview a brand new card. You can see down at the bottom, that's we've right. got the little schedule there. We're going to talk about Double Masters first, and then we're going to get to the preview because we like stream things out here on Weekly MTG. That's just the way we roll. Uh, but first, before we get to any of that, Steve's going to do the news. Yeah, we've got some uh, some things for people that enjoy playing and watching Magic the Gathering. So uh, just as a heads up, we said it in previous weeks, but the Arena Open is coming back. Uh, we are going to have a Arena Open coming up, and you can see the graphic right here. No pre-qualification needed. It begins August 1st at 8 a.m. Pacific time. You can win up to $2,000 in cash prizes. Uh, and the format is historic this time around. So for more information, please do go check out the Magic the Gathering Arena website. Uh, and if you enjoy watching Magic, boy, do I have the event for you. The Players Tour Finals are coming up this weekend, July 25th and 26th. And the, uh, the excitement continues on August 1st, the weekend after. You can watch live on twitch.tv slash magic at 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 4 o'clock p.m. UTC, and... Uh, there are broadcasters, too. <laughs> uh, so you can check out our broadcasters there as well. Uh, 9 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time, because I'm good at doing math. Uh, so that's all coming up this weekend and next weekend. Be sure to tune yep. in to twitch.tv slash magic. Should be a lot of fun. A uh, lot of matches that I want to see. So I'm excited to tune in and watch. And, uh, yeah, have some fun. Get some popcorn. Turn yeah. it on the TV. And, and and speaking of double masters previews, they will have double masters previews. They get one each day on uh, Saturday and Sunday. By the time the top eight rolls around on August first, uh, we're going to be out of previews. Uh, but previews are definitely coming that weekend. Yeah. So now let's welcome on our guest, Mike Turian. Mike Turian, welcome Mike to the show. There he is. As Blake, Steve, it's as if by magic. It's good to be back. I actually. Uh, Actually walked into Wizards for the first time uh, just a few days ago uh, just to pick up a laptop. Uh, but it's it's crazy how how different the world is. But I, I'm super excited to be here virtually and talking all everything Double Masters. Yeah, I had to We're go there happy, two weeks ago when my computer died, and it is a ghost town. It is weird. It's very strange, but I'm glad we still get to do the show. Like you won. Um, yeah. So yeah, Double Masters. Mike, what was your, let's start by talking about what was your role with Double Masters before we dig into all the goodies in the set? Sure. So I, uh, for Magic, I'm a principal product designer. And one of the, the big things that that role does at Wizards is uh, become a, an architect for sets. So I was the product architect for Double Masters. And what that ends up meaning is I work on sort of the overarching overarching uh, vision of the set, right? When we're talking about what the new hook is, right? How are we making Double Masters exciting? So, I mean, for instance, uh, I was a big proponent of doing the two rares in every pack, the two foils in every pack. Um, and, and what does it mean to be doing a set like Double Masters, right? As we were searching for uh, the theme and the right way to bring back master sets, 
heavily involved with that. Uh, another piece, of course, um, I wrote an article talking about uh, the VIP edition, and uh, that, that was a product that I had uh, spent a lot of time and effort on uh, as well. So th those are a couple ways. And then lastly, of course, working with uh, the game design uh, lead, Brian Hawley, working with the art director, Tom Jencott, and making sure that the set shines uh, in, in every detail. All right. Well, let's talk about some of those details. We have lined up uh, some of the cards that have already been previewed. So we'll spend the first part of the show talking about cards that have already been previewed, kind of how they made it into the set, uh, and then we'll move on to showing off something new. So uh, let's not waste any more time, and let's jump into one of the cards we showed off actually when we announced the set. This is kind of the, uh, this has become our calling card for, yeah, we're serious about reprints in this set. Uh, so Mana Crypt. He is also one of the box toppers. Um, so, Mike, this card and a lot of other cards in the set uh, are artifacts. Can you talk about where this set started and why it's so populated with artifacts? Well, I, I, artifacts are, are just uh, like when, when we were going through and finding the right cards, right? Those cards that really appealed uh, to modern players, to commander players. Artifacts, of course, uh, jumped out in. When you do play uh, Double Masters and Limited, you, you'll see this undertone of a, an artifact theme running throughout. I, I think one of the reasons that artifacts make for such uh, great choices for a master set is they're universal, right? You, you can put Mana Crypt into uh, basically any any deck, and it makes that deck better. Uh, you know, of course, there's uh, a, a few exceptions, but for the most part, it has universal appeal uh, as long as it's legal in the format that you're playing. So, and that's just true with artifacts uh, up and down the board, right? When we're when we're talking about uh, magic, you know, some of the most powerful cards in magic have traditionally been artifacts, uh, and it it just really ends up being uh, a great place to go to make sure that we're hitting those cards that players love. Mm -hmm. uh, another card that we revealed kind of right off the bat goes along with the, the set's double theme. So doubling season, another one that got a box topper. Uh, was there any universe in which a set called Double Masters didn't have doubling season in it? Uh, there was there was a very short period of time initially where the set did not have a doubling season in it. That was quickly rectified. It was just, I mean, besides the fact that it's a beloved card, right? I mean, it is a card that ever since it was introduced, players have just always found a way to build decks around it. It always, to me at least, you find these surprising interactions with it. So it is genuinely a very fun card. And then having the name Doubling Season, it, you know, the, it, it very quickly was was added to the set. Um, you know, <laughs> So I, I, if, I guess the short answer is no, there was really no universe in which doubling season would not be included. Um, it just took it just took a few moments uh, to get it into the set. Uh, and and I'm really glad it did. I mean, the, the Ron Spencer uh, borderless art here is just, I, I, I think, the most lovable uh, art I, I've seen. All right. Um, now, while we're talking about 
the you know the name of the set doubling and, and the theme of the set doubling. Uh, when did you guys come? When and how did you guys come up with the idea to do two first picks and, and double the rares? How did that all come together? Well, I, I think a lot of it was is we were looking back at um, prior masters sets and and in that look back, it's you know every time we're working on a magic set, whether it be a master set. Um, or, you know, a, a premier standard set that we're doing, we're always looking for ways to innovate, ways to bring something, you know, unexpected and awesome uh, to that experience, right? And so for Masters, we were saying, all right, well, the last Masters set we did was Ultimate Masters. Like, how do you top Ultimate? The word itself is, in a sense, un unbeatable. Uh, and un untoppable, yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and and really in that exploration and in that challenge, right? Uh, it's, you know, talking with uh, the lead designers and and another and, and many other uh, people internal to Wizards, you know, this idea that quickly um, resonated was okay. Well, what if we did two? Right? What if what if that was it? And so the idea of hey, every pack will have two rares. Every pack will have. Um, two foils and, and then uh quickly from there also i mean once we are like great yes that's established then this idea of okay when you're playing limited you're going to want to have two first picks right because you know you just want to be likely taking you know both your rares or one of the things i find so fun and limited is you know take a good one two combo right you're not necessarily having to speculate on oh this, this pack has two cards for me. I, will the other one come back? Uh, you can just, you know, really get your limited deck off to a, a great start. Um, and, and so through all that exploration, you know, that is really how we we decided, yes, this is how, you know, it'll be it'll be innovative. It'll it'll offer a lot. You know, one of the things that, that really ended up great about the choice to do two rares and two mythics, uh, sorry, two rares and two foils, uh, is one of the things that was great about that was uh, that uh, I, I lost my train of thought for a second. Hold on. Uh, oh, it let us increase the set. It, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it let us increase the set size. Right? We actually got to include. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, we could. <laughs> thank you, Blake. Thank you very much. Uh, we could increase the the set size and include a few. Uh, a few extra rares, a few extra mythics, right? And, and just um, include more of these cards that players have been looking for that, you know, I mean, that are slightly more niche on the, uh, as you get to add more, you just you just have more opportunity for reasons to include cards. So uh, yeah, I was I was really happy with the, the double theme. And, you know, like, I, like we said, it meant doubling season got Put into the set and uh I, i'm excited at the reception i've seen so far in terms of uh that theme and, and also i'll say i'm excited to be opening a, a pack of it right like you know i i don't think i've ever opened a pack that has uh four rares or mythics in it and that's actually a, a possibility it's it'll be an exceptional uh an exceptional pack for I've sure, done, sure i've had three i think three is my non-collector booster record yeah, I've been three is yeah. about the most I've ever opened. So yeah, dark dark ascension. Never four. A, yeah, never four. Dark ascension. I got uh, 
two mythics because I got a one of the double sided. When every pack had a double sided, I got a double sided mythic, and then my foil was a mythic. I think it was a triple mythic pack. It was Never done that. Yeah, Soren Lord. Of In- yeah, yeah, it was Soren Lord of Innistrad, one of the mythic werewolves, I think. And then, Huntmaster, right? Yeah, it was Huntmaster, and yeah. then the third was the, the foil was I forget what it was, but it, it was one of the. Lesser known mythics, but yeah, I ne- I've never and I've never forgotten that pack, and that's one of the cool things about it is it creates those memories when you open that up. Um, yeah. I do want to move on to our next set of cards to discuss because it's another one that creates kind of those memories because it's a panorama, which was really cool. Whoever's at, whoever had this idea, like kudos to them. Uh, whether it was you or Tom Jankot or, or whoever did it, but uh, Karn Liberated and the Urza Lands form a panorama that is, it's, I'm not a Tron player, but if I were, these would be the versions I would want to play with. Yeah, absolutely. They are, they are really stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was, it was Tom Jankot uh, who came up with the idea uh, to do these as a, as a panorama and you know, I, I I super loved just the idea of doing the the Tron lands, but then adding Karn to that uh, mm-hmm. really really is a gr- is a great touch, and and really I, I think you know brings the whole the whole theme of of the Tron deck together in in such a great way. Yeah. Well, and and this is a good opportunity, Mike, to talk about. You'll notice that. Um, the, the Urza lands all have rare symbols on them. They're not rare in the set. Um, there are, as we said, I think it was on Monday, there, there are six of the six, six of the 40 cards um, are not, are either, I think they're all uncommons. How did you determine what cards to turn into box toppers? Yeah, so, you know, one of the things, I mean, uh, I, I think one of the things I hit on earlier was, just this desire for finding modern playables, finding cards that people want in Commander. But in terms of uh, you know talking about those the the upshifting of rarity, right? One of the things we wanted to do was we're always looking for opportunities to bring special treatments uh, of of beloved cards to Magic, right? And so here with Double Masters, we saw this as a great opportunity to introduce cards like the the Urzatron lands. Right and give them a promo treatment that really they've they've not had right and certainly not as stunning as uh, as the ones we were just looking at and so that was really our motivation was hey can can we find good opportunities because you know what like these Tronlands these are just you know in terms of giving cards special treatments they're just better than uh, some of the other rare selections that we could have done in terms of you know being playable in formats being classic beloved cards right it was and that was an opportunity that you know we're not going to have again for quite some time so we we really wanted to take advantage of that and so you know i'm excited to see uh you know how this how this treatments come out and um you know i and then, of course, we we uh, did place them all at the rare rarity because you know you're only getting them as 
box toppers, uh, if you buy a display box or in the VIP edition in foil. So, you know, we were really trying to indicate that, hey, these are these are quite scarce. Um, and so that, that was, you know, when we were going with the, the rare symbol, we wanted to, to hit on that too, even though that does uh, upshift them from where you'll even find them in uh, Double Masters, the main set. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to answer a question I'm seeing in chat, you do get two box toppers for every box you purchase, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. If you're uh, when you buy a, a box of Double Masters, you'll get uh, two uh, two cards. That's correct. Two of the the box toppers, uh, like the four we were just looking at, uh, and uh, and the, I think we just looked at Mana Crypt earlier, and I know we'll be looking at more upcoming. But yeah. Every display box has two of them in non-foil. Uh, every VIP edition has two of the those cards in a foil treatment. Okay. And to correct what I said earlier, I said there were there were six that were upshifted from uh, common or uncommon. There are actually eight. Uh, we've revealed the three Tron lands. We've revealed expedition map uh, and crop rotation have all been revealed. The other three have yet to be revealed, but. They will be Unless it's about drawing cards, Blake is not great with numbers. That's true. That's very true. How many cards can I draw? Uh, let's move on uh, to the next card I want to discuss, Engineered Explosives. Um, this card, Mike, were you around when this card was designed? I'm not sure what your job here was when this card was designed. Mike's so been I here started, I have been here forever. Uh... And where forever in this case meant uh, in 2004 was when I uh, started at Wizards. Uh, the first sets I worked, the first set I was on the design team for was um, Guild Pact. Uh, and when I walked in the building, um, the champions block was basically done. Like that would, like Saviors of Kamigawa was, you know, basically off to the presses. Uh, when I walked into the door. So I, I believe Engineered Explosives first came out in Fifth Dawn. Um, and so that was actually, that was the last Magic set that uh, was released that I went to like a pre-release for, style event for. Uh, so I didn't actually have uh, anything to do with Fifth Dawn. Uh, I believe Aaron Forsyth was the, the lead designer. So it's really an Aaron Forsyth card uh, more than anything. That makes sense. Uh, let's move on to the next card on the list, Blink Moth Nexus. Um, so was this, um, a lot of cards on this list are kind of former modern all-stars or are they in here? Is this one in here because it's a artifact card because it's a former modern all-star? How'd this one get in the set? Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, for one, I mean, we're always, of course, looking for, cards that uh, people have wanted and, you know, uh, and sort of have have a possibility. Of course, Blink Moth um, got often replaced by Ink Moth, uh, as it were, and also shortened in its name uh, <laughs> as well. But yeah, de 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 definitely there's, uh, you know, it it's a card where in Limited, uh, it'll definitely add to your deck and be a contributor there. Um, it's a card that if you are building, you know, uh, an old style affinity deck that uh, you could still possibly want. Um, so really there were a, a few good applications, but it, it was primarily that artifact theme 
they got blink they got blink moth um noticed and included okay uh next card i want to talk about is a card you actually wrote the preview article for so uh jace the mind sculptor one of the cards that comes in both a regular and a full art version and mike this one also has the distinction of being the only box topper that did not get new art yep that is true uh, uh, the 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 40 box toppers in the set uh, only this piece by jason chan uh was uh, you know used in this extended art the borderless style uh for planeswalkers um, we had done a borderless planeswalker for Jace previously uh, when we uh, did the Mythic editions, and so we already felt like, hey, there is an alternate version out there if somebody wanted a, a different version. But here we just, you know, I mean, when you look at that piece, it is—it's so stunning. It, it really just captures Jace uh, and his powers so well. Uh, and and also I, I think that you know for so many players who were playing back when Jace was uh, a powerhouse and standard, uh, you know, and, and also of course have been playing him ever since. Uh, that getting the the Jason Chan art, but in this new style, would be you know so compelling, right? It's like oh this card that you always have loved so much, like and you think it can't get any better. Well, it actually can. Uh, and just, you know, like seeing more of his, uh, his cape, just seeing more of that, uh, the Zendikar background, uh, I, I, I think it just, you know, I didn't think I could love this art any more than I already do, but, uh, in fact I can, and he, here, he, here it is on display. I actually, I actually have, I mean, I love the art so much that I actually have, uh, the framed piece. Uh, I got Jason Chan to sign it for me and I have it, um, on display up upstairs in my house that's how that's how much i think of that uh piece of art it's uh one of very nice. few pieces of magic art i have on display yeah I, I would put way more magic art on display except my wife would follow me around taking it down so uh i, I get i get a few i get a few pieces up and I, it, it has, I it has yeah i have this room where i get right. to put stuff up that's that's like i'm also i'm sure thing. that your love of I'm sure that your love of Jace the Mind Sculptor has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that you helped design it. Like, literally nothing, I'm sure. Oh, oh, no. I, it, Steve, I, I hate to correct you here, but I will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Jace, I mean, like uh, like Blake said, I, I sort of, in, the, in my preview article on Daily MTG, uh, I talked about just, you know, being involved with the design of it and... Uh, the first set I was a lead designer for was uh, was Future Sight, and you know at at the time Planeswalkers were you know a twinkle in Mark Rosewater's eye, as it were. Like that was the first set we were trying to. So just the the amount of time and energy put into designing uh, Jace and Planeswalkers in general was so uh, uh, far and uh, above what we would do for a. A magic card typically because in a way it's four magic cards in one right or you know five if you consider the loyalty and and how that impacts it um but you know i mean really you see there like a, a fate seal style ability uh brainstorm and summon right like each one of those are magic cards uh all on their own and so combining them into one right and making sure that really you build a a full package for the planeswalker that both represents 
what a, an awesome magic card will do, but then also represents that character, right? And what he's doing in, in the story and the creative of the game. Um, it's really quite, quite an effort. And, you know, while, while Jace eventually uh, overtook standard in, in power, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really happy with just how he came together um, with, you know, with maybe maybe some if I had to go back in time, I would do some tweaks for making that standard a better uh, standard environment. But now, especially, you know, I, I I like when I in my preview article I called Jace the most powerful planeswalker of all time, and people were quick to defend the um, the honor of Oko, as it were. Uh, and so, uh, you know, and, and that just goes to show that uh, you know, magic changes, magic grows, and uh, you know, what each different format is looking for really makes a uh, card sort of rise and fall in popularity uh, mm -hmm. uh, and in terms of what people consider the most powerful. But, you know, um, J he certainly was the most powerful Planeswalker up until Throne of Eldraine. And, and I, I would say it's still debatable. The uh, our, our fans seem to be more on Oko's side right now. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how that all goes. <laughs> Um, I want to jump ahead just slightly. So one of the cool things about this set, uh, you kind of alluded to it earlier, is that you're able to draft combos right off the bat. And I know there were several combos seeded throughout the set, especially, you know, two or, or three card combos. Um, and so one of the next ones I want to look at is Vampire, Hex, Mage, and Dark Depths, which it is not out of the realm of possibility that you can open these two cards in the same pack and just go from there. Yeah, right. I mean, especially with the Hex Mage being an uncommon, right? You know, there's a good chance that uh, if you open Dark Depths that you'll you'll be seeing a Hex Mage in that same pack, right? And that's that's one of the, the things that makes, I mean, magic fun, first of all. It's just, right, I, I remember when our fans uh, discovered this combo and, and how it really... Uh, took off and built a deck uh, all around just this two-card combo. But now, I mean, imagine pulling that off in limited, right? That is, you know, getting a, a, a 2020 avatar uh, that's indestructible and limited. I, I think you might lose that game. But if you do, that that in itself would be a story because uh, it's probably one turn and then uh, game over. You might want to, you know, you get uh, a Blink Moth to chump block for a turn uh, and then... And then you lose the turn after that. <laughs> Sandbag your path to exile, yeah. Right. Um, right there. It, it, that, well, hold on. Oh, sorry. I just wanted. <laughs> it is always so, like indestructible. Both has that feeling of this. This will. It will live forever. It will rule the world, right? And then, right, a card like Path to Exile comes along, and you're like, oh, so sad. So sad. Indestructible. <laughs> no more. That's 100% going to happen to me if I ever pull that off. 100%. Uh, uh, next up, I want to look at the really cool rendition of Mox Opal, which has a, a box topper version of its own. Uh, that's not it, though. Because um, I did not tell the producer to put in both versions. That is my fault. But hey, Mox Opal. Um, uh, this one seemed like a shoe in for the set, Mike, with the with the artifact theme and how powerful the you know this card was, but it is now banned in modern. So 
can you talk us through the timeline of when cards got into this set? If there was ever uh, consideration uh, around the banning of this, or if the timing was just off? Uh, yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, so, my, I mean, Mox Opal. Uh, so, I, I was the lead for Scars of Mirrodin. So, uh, super proud of how Mox Opal came out and. Um, one, one of the abilities that was featured in uh, Scars of Mirrodin and introduced was Metalcraft, right? And so uh, that, of course, you know, Metalcraft itself really plays into the artifact theme because it says, hey, if you have three or more artifacts, uh, I'm turned on, right? Otherwise, you know, Mox Opal actually does nothing if you don't have three or more artifacts, um, which is one of the ways that we could... Uh, Print the card at all in Scars of Mirrodin, right? I mean, you know, the, the original Moxes. Oh, there it is. Oh, there. Oh, our producer's awesome. Everybody, give oh, uh, give some kudos to our producer they Sean in the chat for putting that together. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Thank you, Sean, for uh, the quick save there. Yeah, so really, really stunning uh, borderless art, uh, and and super excited. So. Uh, so, the, yeah, so, the, yeah, so that's the story of that, Metal Crash. I'm sorry, go ahead. The, um, so with, with Mox Opal, of course, you know, you were asking about the timeline uh, as well. And for the timeline, you know, we really work very far ahead. Tabletop magic, you know, I, I right now I'm having conversations about um, sets being released in 2022, 2023, you know, and beyond. Uh, our, our timelines are, are have very long leads. Uh, and mm -hmm. when, when we were building Double Masters, uh, Mox Opal hadn't hadn't been banned um, at the time, and the whole the whole design process of Double Masters happened. All of the um, the draft play tests and all of the play testing around uh, that goes on, you know, mainly limited for a master set because that's besides the card selection, wanting to hit lots of formats from a gameplay and play experience, we want limited to, uh, to be a, a fun environment. So um, that had all concluded when, you know, the, the band and restricted team came to the decision that, Hey, Mox Opal was, uh, needing to be banned. And so then uh, so then we, we were sort of at this fork in the road of, hey, we actually, it was actually happened at a point where we could have pulled Mox Opal and replaced it with another card, um, you know, without that testing that uh, is crucial to making a great play experience. And also, um, you know, it, because it has this, uh, this box topper, the borderless treatment, um, there were there were going to be some challenges around that as well, and ultimately we had some good discussions about it, and we decided, hey, Mox Opal is a card that um, you know people are going to want for more than uh, where it was banned, right? It, it is a card that you know would I'll say hit the threshold of inclusion in a in a Masters style set, um, even removing. Uh, even removing it for, with the ban. And so for that reason, we ultimately decided instead of making it a rushed late change to 
to keep Mox Opal in, but it was sort it was very much like uh the 23rd hour or 24th hour where we were having that uh we we're having that conversation yeah makes sense um i'm gonna jump ahead because i want to make sure we have time to talk about our preview as well as take questions from the stream so uh the last two cards i want to talk about are our promo cards for the launch event sort of calling and wrath of god so uh we're doing something a little different because uh COVID and the world so there are it's double masters so there are two promo cards and they are court of calling and wrath of god and you can get these either by playing in a launch event or by purchasing a box at a local game store obviously check with your local game store to see how they're using them uh, but the the ability to get them with a box is pretty sweet considering you already get two box toppers so you would get these plus the two box toppers potentially uh, mike why why are these two cards chosen for this promotion well we were looking at you know uh, a couple of things you know uh, of course the uh the change uh with uh all, all the play activity being uh held back due to covid um you know these were intended really as hey these are going to be part of that the you know the, the launch uh the promo of oh show up play in your your store's event on, on launch day and you get these two cards and of course once again we wanted to do two because double masters that you can see how how heavily we we put that uh theme all throughout um and then so basically here we we took a look uh at cards in the main set of double masters and we went through and we identified a couple of cards that we felt um you know we wanted to see uh a new art treatment for a new artwork for and just um you know really take the opportunity to uh pick out a couple cards that we, we know players would really want to be getting from the set and just getting them that, uh, you know, that easy access of, hey, you can have these on day one guaranteed uh, by going to your store, uh, of course, assuming that the store hasn't run out of promos. So that that's really, you know, it was a pretty straightforward call. Um, once we once we identified Wrath and Cord, uh, you know, they immediately stuck. We, we were really happy with these choices and just um, the promotional opportunity in general. All right, well, I want to give us time to talk about our final card that we're going to talk about today, which is a new card that none of you have yet seen. Uh, we're also going to take some time to answer some questions if they're available. So if you have questions, uh, put them in chat for Mike or maybe Steve or I if Steve or I, for some reason, can help, um, but mostly Mike. He's our guest. He's not here every week. Um, but uh, while you're putting those questions in chat, let's go to our preview card. We're going to show you the box topper version first. So let's let's go to it. Let's see our preview card, Force of Will. This one has new art from Scott M. Fisher. So this is the classic free counter spell and this is what it looks like in the box topper version and it's gorgeous yeah i'll just let chat react for a second i hope i hope chat is uh 
the the flavor text has uh it really <laughs> it, I, I i personally very much enjoy it and how much it fits uh it fits force of will mm -hmm. i don't know uh, now, obviously, this card is in the main set as well, so we will show the main set version here for a moment. Um, and I will mention that while the main set version has art from Therese Nielsen, we are no longer commissioning new art from her. Uh, but as we had previously discussed, several of her pieces were in sets that were already in production, including this one. So, um, Mike, how did, uh, how did Force of Will end up in this set? <laughs> well, I, I think uh, it was a, basically a no-brainer, right? When you're when we're building master sets, you know we are looking at the best of the best magic cards, and Force of Will is is that for counter spells. Um, it, ever since it came out in alliances, it has been a staple in tournament decks, in casual decks. It just it just it does so much. Um, and really that that ability to stop your opponent in their tracks for no mana i mean it has proven time and again to be uh incredibly powerful and, and often invaluable to the health and you know fun of formats so you know in, in addition to it was a great opportunity to uh update uh the force of will art with that stunning art that we were showing off before uh it has been every time that we've been talking about double masters you know this has been one of the one of the cards that we continually go to that really um connects with people in terms of hey cards like this are what master sets are all about right when you're when you're opening a pack of double masters you want to be opening you know force of will mana crypt right just some of the cards we've shown off today uh, mox opal um Right, and and that's really what we want that experience of opening a pack of double masters to be like is you know those wow moments, right? You know, before you were talking about getting three rares and mythics in a pack, now you can get uh, four, right? And so you know you could possibly open a pack with force of will and foil force of will uh, in it. That's that's you know which I, has never been that that's just you know so. So amazing. And then of course you can get this treatment here as your box stopper in that very same box uh, that you drafted from. So, you know, now once again, exceptionally scared, rare that that's gonna happen, but it could like that somebody in the world that it's, it's gonna happen that uh, they're getting packs like that. So uh, to me, it just really adds to the excitement of the set. And, um, and, and I'm so glad we could bring it into this uh, borderless treatment. Okay. Uh, well, now that we've shown that off, let's take some time to answer some questions. Chat. I am just copy and pasting a few of them here into a document so I can make sure to ask them. Uh, so, Mike, the first one I have is from Blaze One Hundred One Three, who says Double Masters has a lot of reprint overlap with Mystery Booster. With so many reprints, this was bound to happen. But since you normally try to avoid it, can you go into the thought process there? Yeah, I, I think it's really. Uh... I, I think it's mainly a numbers game, right? Like Mystery Booster has so many uh, potential cards in it, right? And once again, to really highlight the theme of Mystery Booster, you want to say, oh, you don't know what you're going to, going to be getting. Every pack is completely different, is a mystery. Um, 
we really went and you know looked at all of these different cards and we acknowledge that yes there is um some possibilities of overlap but you know in any given mystery booster you're it's incredibly unlikely to be getting uh the cards that where there is that overlap so ultimately we said you know that was okay and, and we did make sure that for each of those cards that it was the right thing to do for our players for the card right that was something that um we knew would be happening in a possibility so we just took great care in that uh in that selection okay uh next question and there's a bunch of them in chat here so steve if you spot anything else throw them up there too uh from uh, due to the increased number of rares and mythics in the set, is the ratio between the two rarities the same as it usually is in a booster pack, or is there a difference in this specific product? Uh, so it, it's, I believe, uh, I believe or if we're talking about the rares in the, uh, in the draft boosters, which that seemed what the question was asking about, did I hear that right? I think so. Yeah, I think uh, it's so. Yeah. So typically, um, so typically you expect to get uh, one one mythic about one in eight, right? That's that's what uh, you know. You'll say a typical mythic drop is. I believe, and I would have to double check this. I believe in double masters, it's closer to one in seven. Um, and that's, you know, it's a function of a couple of different ratios, right? The number of rares, the number of mythics. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of interesting uh, conversation around what makes a card rare, how often, what makes a card mythic, uh, because traditionally in sets that is, there's been some variation, you know, people often expected at about one in eight, but uh, if you look back, um, for instance, small sets like uh, con. I believe Conflux, where uh, sorry, Worldwake, where Jace was. I, I believe in those small sets, you actually got mythics like one in seven packs rather than one in eight. So um, it, it's in the range of what we define as a mythic, uh, but mythics themselves vary from product to product a, a little bit. Okay. Uh, next question, I'm gonna go ahead and answer because I looked up the answer just now. Uh, let's see, we got. Who's holding the Mox Opal in the new art? So I pulled up the art description um, and looking at, so the location, same location as the original, but Fraxianized. So it's still unmirrored. Uh, so no conspiracy theories there. This is not depicting Fraxianization of any other planes. Uh, intent, this is Mox Opal, one of the most treasured gems in the universe. Uh, and then it gives a reference. What we want to see here is a similar composition but after Mirrodin has been corrupted by Phyrexian invasion. Uh, and then it goes on and on a little bit with that. So, uh, no, they are not anyone's particular hands. It just says the holder has been Phyrexianized and the setting is jagged and corrupt as well. So, no, it is not a specific person uh, holding that. Um, okay, Mike, here's a question for you. Uh, from Reedy1313, Mike, why would you reprint Trinisphere in Double Masters when the set is all about double stuff? Why? Oh, so it, 
Is he saying that like because it has try in its name, it should be Trinity? Yes. We should wait for triple masters. Is that the? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> well, that's. I like how we just have introduced two rares per pack, and he's already angling for three rares per pack. It's uh, <laughs> people like soon. Soon like there's. Yeah, soon there'll be fifteen rares per pack, and uh, we'll see. We'll see where that all all takes us. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, although I will say when Trinisphere is out and your opponent has destroyed all of your lands, uh, you'll probably be agreeing with that question of why is this card in the set? It is definitely one of the classic uh, lockdown cards uh, in Magic, which uh, both makes it worthy of inclusion, but also uh, when you're on the wrong side of it, makes you, you grimace for sure. Yeah. Um... Let's see. Wit from Marco Zara seventeen. Will the double first pick be implemented on Magic Online? Uh, I, yeah, I, I believe Magic Online is uh, going to be updated to uh, have the two first pick. You know, one of the things that Magic I was product manager for Magic Online uh, for a couple years uh, now. I don't know five plus years ago. Um, and Magic Online really strives for authenticity, right? And so one of the things that the uh, the Magic R and D team does is, you know, we work closely with Magic Online um, and, and make sure that we can carry across that authenticity as best possible, um, you know, and as often as possible. So uh, that, that's something to expect on Magic Online. Okay. Um, next question. Yeah, and then there actually was an article. We put up an article today about what's going on with the implementation on Magic Online as well as some upcoming Double Masters Magic Online events. So definitely check that out at todaylymtg.com for that. Uh, from Twitch Prime Real Teal Kevin 13, uh, will the normal packs have lands and tokens? Uh, there, there are tokens. Let me pull up one. On. Do, do, do. So when you're when you're opening a pack, uh, you do get uh, you'll get two rares, mythics, uh, three uncommons, eight commons, two foils, any rarity, um, and one uh, token uh, that typically has an add on on the back. Uh, so what you don't see, what you don't hear there though, is there are no basic lands in the draft booster itself. Um, you know we went we. <sighs> We, you know, with the master set that just we wanted to make sure to include uh, as many draftable cards as possible, right? And the extra rare in the the two guaranteed foils meant that uh, basic land was one of the slots we ended up dropping. Um, now VIP edition does have uh, uh, you get ten basics, uh, one of each, and then uh, two foils of uh, two foil basics as well uh, that are all full art. So. Uh, but in the draft booster itself, you don't get any, there are no basic lands, uh, but there are tokens. Okay. Uh, and everyone in chat still asking questions. I'm just, I'm literally just going in chronological order of what I catch in chat and uh, copy over to my little sheet here. So I apologize if I'm missing anything. Um, from Zero Chaos, for cards that have a large number of printings, do you consider rarity downshifts more? Master sets have traditionally been a great home for this. Yeah, that's that's something that absolutely. I mean, you know, for 
for double masters and for all of uh, the sets where we're doing, you know, that are uh, heavily or uh, entirely reprints, it's not just uh, it's not just oh taking commons and making them uncommons, uncommons to rares, right? De definitely, we have done uh, gone the other way. I think I think when I was on here last time, we were talking about uh, Balduvian hordes and one of the one of the previous master sets and how it, it was so downshifted. For, yeah, right. It, it, it was downshifted all the way from a rare to a common, right? Now, if you were playing Dor during alliances, right, like Balduvian Hordes was, you know, especially if you were a red mage like myself, yeah. that was the card you were hoping to open, right? I mean, we were wrong. We should have been hoping to open Force of Will, but at the time, we didn't realize that. We just, uh, we wanted Balduvian <laughs> Hordes. And so, but from a gameplay and a, a gameplay perspective, like I was hitting on, we really try to optimize and make limited fun. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're conscious of how many uh, of these cards we've put out into the world, right? And so because of that, we both uh, do rarity upshifts when appropriate and in downshifts. All right. Um, from, I, I don't, I, Think that's a different language and i'm not going to risk it because i don't know what it says um but here's the question i really like the new art for the borderless version is magic art direction changing the focus to a more 95 to two or 96 to 2005 art look uh with the caveat that mike is not an art director so he'll speak to what he knows but he may not have like a complete answer on this uh i think yes i am i am not uh nor i nor do I intend to become an art director. Uh, I, I think we're hitting on a couple of things. Like when you are feeling some of that nostalgia, a lot of that is coming from, hey, what are we, you know, who is Double Masters for, right? Who does it want to excite? We recognize a, a lot of Magic players have been playing, you know, Magic for 20, 25 years and really love some of those those older styles right and one thing that we have done is gone back to uh you know some early magic artists and having them do new takes on their cards or um or you know working with them on additional cards i, I think the other thing that you're seeing some of is one of the opportunities we've had as we've introduced more booster fun is we've had more opportunities to explore very a variety of styles, right? When um, when Ikoria mutate cards are hitting more in that comic book vein, right? Theros hitting the, the, with those constellation lands and the constellation uh, booster fun cards, uh, you know. So so we're having more opportunities to just express magic in different ways. Uh, and so you know, like I said, on a master set, typically that's going to lean you know a, a little bit towards that older style. But then you know when you're looking at a lot of a lot of these cards, actually they're you know very modern and uh, a very fresh take uh, on magic. And I think that's one of the things that makes them all so successful is they really try to uh, deliver the best for the individual piece. Uh, yeah. Next up, but yes. <laughs> Uh, next up, I'm not Grieco. an art director. I'm not an art director. <laughs> uh, next up from Grecos. Hi guys, just to clarify, you can open one rare and one mythic in the same pack, right? It doesn't have to be two rares or two mythics. 
uh, yeah, so when we're talking about a draft booster, you can open up uh, for those two. A lot of times when I'm saying two rares, uh, that's just shorthand for two rares and or mythics. So you can open up two rares, a rare and a mythic, or two mythics. Uh, those are all possibilities in that uh, in that slot. They're all, uh, you know, of course, getting two mythics is uh, far less likely because mythics are just uh, showing up far less frequently. But uh, it is a it is a possibility. All of those, and you will remember that fact. Um, from this name, I can't pronounce. Uh, is the promo court of calling and wrath of God are or are the promo court of calling and wrath of God foil or non foil? Uh, those are foil. Uh, it's it's incredibly hard to show foil uh, in in uh, a, a digital image, uh, and so. Uh, but yes, you will get them. I you will, those will be foil cards uh, when you get the promo specifically. Mm -hmm. um, from ECP Math, uh, as far as I've seen, Double Masters has no new art. Again, art question, not a uh, not an art director caveat, but let's see what you can do. Uh, as far as I've seen, Double Masters has no new art for the regular versions of cards. Is there a reason of that? I was thinking that it was because of the box toppers, uh, but there was new art for regular cards and Ultimate Masters. So this is also a point where we should remind people that preview season is not over. First of all, but you know, preview season is not. Yeah. Over. <laughs> um, uh, but Mike, do you have any insight into uh, how new art was chosen or not chosen for this set? Yeah. So I, I can confirm that in the main set there are. Uh, some cards that will have new art. So, uh, in, okay. in terms of just that that direct question, there absolutely are some cards that have new art. I, I won't talk because uh, you know, like Steve said, we're in the middle of uh, preview season. I don't want to uh, get into which cards or how they were chosen. Yep. Uh, but absolutely, absolutely, there are uh, there are cards with new art. Uh, it, in general, uh, when we look for new art opportunities, it you know, in a set like this, we're looking for places to, you know, uh, often it's just upgrade the art, right? I mean, especially when we're looking back over the history of magic, you know, we have made a lot of cards. And so, um, so absolutely looking for places for just, hey, a new rendition of this card uh, would be better. We're also looking for other thematic opportunities, right? I mean, I, I know it's um, not exactly in the scope of the question, but when we're showing the, the borderless Tron and Karn, right? It's like, oh, there's that. Them there was a thematic reason uh, we went and oh yeah, there they are. Thank you. Right, there was a thematic reason of like, hey, this will this will be a great opportunity for you know using a panorama and and uh, bringing that together. Um, and so likewise in Double Masters, um, there's some uh, some uh, new art selections were done as you know part of a cycle. Right for sort of those those opportunities. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to. We I've got several questions in my queue, but we're just about out of time. I want to make sure to get to this one because it's a question that we haven't answered yet. Uh, can you tell us more about the limited draft archetypes? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So definitely, artifact themes are uh, uh, pretty prevalent. I don't think I have them all. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have them all loaded up here. I do know, I, I can speak very generally to them of, mm -hmm. typically when we're building sets nowadays, 
we're looking for two color pairs and we want to make sure that each two color pair um, has something that's going on. And then additionally to that, uh, we're looking for sort of that, oh, if the white red pair and the red blue pair have, have some synergy, right? So maybe you end up playing three colors uh, with them and there's their synergy across, you know, the, the white red pair, in this case, the red blue and the blue white pair. Uh, so that, that's what we're looking at. Um, they are they are heavily artifact, uh, you know, sorry, a number of them are artifact themed. Um, but also one of the things that's great is once you start uh, seeing the full set, I, I think the design team always does a good job of making those, uh, the, the archetypes pretty well known uh, once mm -hmm. you start actually seeing the full set of cards. So um, yeah, that's- And we'll, we'll be, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good segue actually to talk about next week because we will be next week um, we'll have more previews and many of them, we will have, you know, uh, a rare and a mythic, I think, but then we're also going to be showing off, um, comments that are left over that, that haven't been previewed because, uh, we're going to be revealing the full set next Thursday afternoon after the show. So we're going to start talking about limited archetypes and all that stuff on next week's show as well. So I think that I'm using that as a transition to end this show. Um, so let's put that force of will back up there one more time uh, because it's really cool and it is our preview card for the day. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Mike, for sharing all of your knowledge with us about Double Masters. Um, like I said, we will be back next week with another preview show. Uh, where we're going to wrap up Double Masters and kind of go through the entire set. Uh, in the meantime, thank everyone. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Stay safe out there, and we will see you next week.